Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. And I'm Tiffany. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, Tiffany is a friend of ours who is now based out of Seattle, Washington. PNW represent in the yes. club? Yes. Yeah, that, that's how that goes, right? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I've never heard that, but... Can I just I'm give it away here. that I'm not from here? <laughs> None of us are from here, Andrew. You know, that that's a good point. That is an excellent point. I mean, it is a point. It might be a flat point. Or a moot point. Mm. Or meow point. Meow point. Oh, coming out strong with the puns. <laughs> I can uh, tell this is going to be a fun episode. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so... Let's start with uh, Andrew. What's new with you? Uh, well, what's new with me? I, uh, since this might be slightly relevant for today as well as just in general, now that Easter's over, I, I'm I'm allowing myself to drink again because I gave up alcohol for Lent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a, a great experience. 10 out of 10 would do it again. And yeah, and all of the hustle and bustle of getting ready to record for this episode i uh, forgot that i i have a beer sitting here that i still haven't opened yet so i'm gonna if you don't mind just hold this up to the camera or the microphone <laughs> oh, and i get it ah. so i'm excited was the episode with mike where we made the noises yeah you did the really excellent noise that really got like mike was super hyped on that <laughs> yeah now now i have performance anxiety i will never be able to do it that well again that's it's okay like a, we, it, that was recorded though so we can just dub that every time yeah like, it was the per it was the one perfect time that you needed was that it's what it was like, was it the bottle opening was it the pst? it i i think it was the pst. i think it was that one but that's your, that's your little John moment. You can just sample that over and over again. And that's your career. Oh my gosh! Oh, and it all started with being an honors band in the sixth grade, and we just had we had a song, and I think uh, the only part I had for half the song was like sometimes you have to do vocal chant things, and ours was. Psst, ah, psst, and of course, ah. you being the let me guess INFP overachiever, you you went way out of your way to to perfect it. INFJ, thank you. But yes, oh. I will do the same thing a billion times until it's perfect. I have the patience for that. That's not the P and no. That's probably why you're a better guitar player than I am. Yeah. Admittedly. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I just like play power chords once or twice. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Oh my gosh. Let's <laughs> throw some distortion on it. Put it through a half stack. No, I knew I, well, you think the thing about being a woman in music is that you're not allowed to be mediocre. Oh. Do you feel that way, Tiffany? Is you're not allowed to be mediocre? Yeah. Like I feel like dudes are allowed to be mediocre and you know, women, I just don't feel like we're allowed to be mediocre. Yeah. We're, I think we're judged more for sure. Mm-hmm. And even if we are not mediocre, our performance is commented on like, Wow, it's so wow! You're you can like really shred. I'm so impressed. Oh like, yeah, your expectations you know, were on the ground. Fantastic. Yeah. Like I I drive a stick and 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 I've had men and women get in the car with me and they're like, "Wow, you can drive a stick? That's so impressive!" And I'm like, "Why is it so impressive? If I was a man, would you be saying that?" I so, mean, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, as a, as a man, it's expected, and I I don't know how to drive stick, and I get razzed on for not yeah. being manly that's sometimes. dumb it's I, I it's i could make a dirty joke about it but i won't like <laughs> yeah well, well sh- shifting gears here <laughs> whoa. whoa 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 hey are you gonna ask what's new uh, with, yes yeah what's new with you i, I don't want to spend too much time talking about my delightful scotch ale <laughs> i um and Rick and I did some yard work. Uh, we we had this like little concrete, just bare concrete patio, and we laid down some tiles. Uh, and it looks really nice. I'm really proud of us. We didn't even like fight. 
And like we can't put together IKEA furniture together because I get overly emotional and frustrated. But he like did all the research and uh, so the onus wasn't on me for that. And uh, yeah, that made it really a lot less stressful for me. And uh, now I'm watching my cat lick the bubble rack, uh, the bubble wrap <laughs> that um, the, the actual new gear thing is I got one of those small squash boards. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got a really pretty one. They're all ma- made by our friend uh, Dan Dolan. But it was wrapped in some bubble wrap, and uh, my cat's got a an affinity for licking plastic and, and styrofoam, but in this case, just the plastic. Uh, huh? Sorry, just styrofoam. Hearing... Just the thought of you know, <laughs> Dude, when, like you have no idea, of, like, you have no styrofoam. idea. Yeah, because that's what the yeah. cat's tongue is like. Oh no! See, see, I can do nails on a chalkboard. Uh-uh, no, I can't do. I cannot do two pieces of styrofoam rubbing together it's like opening boxes is one of the worst things i can possibly do it's like i've woken up to that noise so many times like you know how sometimes you get that like really thin styrofoamy kind of like almost like a paper wrap but it's like yeah yeah i had that on the floor and uh gosh just listen to her just that little grinding noise it's it would be like if you ever held a cotton ball up to your ear and pulled it apart really slowly yeah not a pleasant sound not that i've ever done that before but i, I think i know what you're talking this about this has turned now. into the anti uh is it amsr asmr asmr yeah yeah it's like the anti asmr podcast now yeah i yeah i don't do the, the eating or the sounds i like watching people cut soap with razor blades <laughs> I get that. I get that. I do too. Yeah, my yeah. wife and I will sit down and just like watch Instagram, like on like just infinitely. Yeah, it's just like soothing. And like, and the kinetic oh. sand. See, that's nice. But styrofoam? No, no, no. I, I would much rather go back to working at Guitar Center and uh, listening to people <laughs> play "Sweet Child of Mine" out of tune. Mm. With oh no distraction. All right, Tiffany. What about you? What's new with you? Or maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like I'm, uh, I'm sitting in my new apartment in Seattle. Uh, I actually like just moved in today, sort of, I'm meaning I've moved things from a storage unit into the place in their boxes and bags. Um, the cats are here. One's in the bathroom and one's under a blanket in the closet. (laughs) Uh, it's the one in the closet there willingly or as a separation trick no the one in the bathroom is not is the one yeah it's a separation trick but wizard is under the under a blanket in the closet by his own accord and i have hal in the bathroom just because i don't want you to got you to hear them yelling and screaming if they decided to start fighting um we've had we've had some temper tantrums in the last week so that's also what i've been dealing with my two cats their names are Hal and Wizard. Um, yeah, and they are they just won't quit fighting, so I have calming callers on them right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's interesting. What were you um, what were you saying that Wizard would growl and then Hal would scream and then it would just be on? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, like, it's like the feral screaming scream. Oh no. And it's both of them and I have to ask, can you no. demonstrate this this feral scream? No, I no, because I am not setting them off. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I also I also just don't know the noise carrying of my new apartment yet. So. <laughs> Imagine if that was your welcome welcome to your new neighbors is <laughs> you just screaming like yeah. a feral cat in your apartment. Oh my gosh. Like what? I'm marking my new place. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm trying to establish uh, hi, dominance. Your next door, your, were your next door neighbors the Wilsons? So nice to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. These cookies have kale in them. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But, yeah. yeah. So that's like that's what's new, I guess, is new apartment. Um. Uh. I I moved from Denver in January. I've been living in West Seattle. Um. Yeah, what else do you want to know? Uh, more about the cats, obviously. Uh, okay, Hal is a black cat. She's all black. Oh, um, she's super fluffy. 
She's got yellow eyes. She's really sweet. She, like, is the type where she'll purr and sit in anyone's lap. She loves everybody. You know, that was actually one of the first things I think I started following you because on Instagram because you posted a picture of your black cat on your Roland JC120. I'm like, oh, Oh, okay, my cat uh, close-ish to my amp. And then with a bookshelf in the background like mine, I'm like, that is my setup. And this is weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, okay, I remember your, yeah, you commented on that picture. And then I saw that you had a black cat and we're into guitars and playing music. And I was like, okay, I should follow this person. Yes, we should be friends. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah I actually, so I have a JC77 now. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot better than the 120. A little easier to carry around. A little bit easier. And it's not as loud. I can actually oh, turn it up. Nice. One. I I need to be able to turn up my amps because my 100 watt tube is a little loud. But I don't want to get rid of it because it sounds really good. and It's got a lot of character and there's nothing else quite like it, but it's loud. Mm. Yeah, that's what my 120 was. It's like I couldn't turn it up ever. So now you can turn it up to two? Two, three, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. How? Yeah, so that's how. And then my other cat, so Hal is 10, or actually she's, yeah, she's 10 this month. It's her birthday month. She gets the whole month because I don't know the day, so she gets the whole month. Good. Golf clap. (laughs) That just just sounds so dirty when it's done over the microphone, Andrew. We need to stop it. What? (laughs) Um. (laughs) Are you going to make me edit that out? I don't, I don't know yet. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I, I edit these and you don't listen to them. So I actually know what it sounds like when a golf club happens on the microphone. <laughs> snaps and it snaps. sounds like that sound you hear on the bus and then you don't want to turn your head because you know what's happening. <laughs> like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's talk about wizard now. <laughs> the wizard. Wizard is a gray, black, and white little chubby chub scout tabby cat. Oh, chub scout. Yeah, uh-huh. he's a chub. They're both chub scouts. Um, but is there a particular wizard that you think of when you when you see wizard? Well, I'm really into Harry Potter, so wizard okay. is the wizard. So, <laughs> and Howl but, is Howl and other kitties. Howl is Howl, um, from the, from Allen Ginsberg's poem, Howl. Mm-hmm. Great she poem. After that. Do you ever look at wizard and go, yo, wizard, wizard. Oh my God, Andrew. No, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, let's see, I've had wizard for about 12 years. So my cats are both little on the older side um and he's he's a very high maintenance uh very anxious needy kitty um and right now he's very constipated uh i had to to take him to the the vet and the x-ray showed how much poop is in his body right now um he's got some miralax mixed in with his tuna tonight Hopefully he eats it. So, um, cause he's been very cranky and he's the problem with like why the cats are fighting right now. He keeps picking fights with Hal. So. And your face while you're sleeping. Yes. And he attacked me while I was sleeping one night. And I mean, I, I'm scratched up. Like I have a bruise on my hip oh. from him digging his claws into me. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Wizard buddy. I mean, I'm kind of a jerk when I'm constipated, but. I've never done that. Yeah. I can, I can imagine the vet coming back in and saying, oh, it looks like Wizard's constipated. And Wizard just suddenly learning how to talk and saying, no, I'm not. And the vet saying, uh, you're full of shit. <laughs> and I'm going to have to bleep you this episode, Andrew. Unreal. No, the pun, the right. pun was there. You could have said crap. <laughs> I mean, but would it, would it have had the full comedic effect it will have more of a comedic effect because after we, we mute with meows you're right which that's fair that's fair that's fair i'm not i'm not okay 
But <laughs> since you got that, I'm not going to let you read from your dad pun book. See, Tiffany, I told you she would judge you. I'm judging you, Andrew. You. <laughs> and I've, I've got the dad book right in front of me. I've got to read from no. it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll let Tiffany be the tiebreaker yes. since I'm in favor and you are clearly not. Right. I'm curious about this dad pun book. Let's go. All right. We'll get to it in yeah. a minute. Uh, so anything else you want to say about your cats? Anybody? Um, no. All right. Well, should we? Uh, does that does that mean we can get to the book? Oh, God, I guess so. I, I'm picking a different chapter this time because last time. It was disappointing. Uh, ex- it was, not only was it disappointing, but it insulted me- musicians. I mean, and... I'm fine with insulting musicians. Well, some of us are asking for it. Yeah, some of us kind of deserve it. It keeps us grounded because we're both very talented musicians and we don't want to get well, big headed about it. I guess that's reasonable. Uh, I wanted to read from the uh, humor in the house section and I haven't read it yet, but I'm I'm slightly curious to see how reasonable this is. And I'm kind of in a weird sort of way, curious to see how many misogynistic jokes they fit in this book. Oh, a lot. I'm sure. So I haven't read this yet, uh, but I'm just going to start with page one. I'm going to read a couple of jokes and call it for the day. But this is just a learning experience for all of this. We're experiencing this all for the first time. Page 71. When does a joke become a dad joke? Are you waiting for us to ask you when? Maybe. Oh, when? When? When the punchline becomes apparent. Wow. I, I'm not even, I don't even get that. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, that was a better joke. I'll have, I'll, I'll have you all know that Melissa's standing next to me laughing, trying not to laugh too loud. Um. All right. This next one is uh, my daughter is smarter than Abraham Lincoln. She can recite the Gettysburg Address, and she's only nine years old. Lincoln didn't say it until he was fifty. That's not funny, and it's not smart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed. That's not. That's neither smart nor funny. <laughs> I'm I'm just aghast. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's I. Here's the questionable humor we're all looking for. Is I teenager's dad have her back by eight fifteen. Daughter's boyfriend. The middle of August. Great. There's not enough context for this. There's no, no, clearly... I get it. I, I mean, I get it. I just, I just, it's just not funny. I'm starting to feel like I got ripped off by a thrift shop. No. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. So there's one more. And this is actually, this, this is funny. This is a variation of pun I've been telling for a while. Uh, so this makes me feel really original. Gosh, that really takes the, all right, well. <laughs> Here we go. Here's apparently not so original joke. Did you hear about the marble statue that left her husband? She was tired of being taken for granite. <laughs> Don't encourage us, the- Tiffany. I'm just like trying to think of how these would go in like a like a stand-up comedy night. And I think if the delivery were, were right, and if the person giving telling the joke was like a nine year old kid. I think that these could, I don't know. Yeah. See the version of the joke that I've been telling is, uh, is involves Drake because there's that song he did. This w- this is only relevant um, a few years ago. And there's that song on the radio is like, you take my love granted. And then I just changed it to granite and then sung it terribly. And it was funny <laughs> because it, he was a statue. I forget exactly how I set it up, but it was funny at the time. I promise. I, I feel like if you just went in, full deadpan and just stared at the audience 
the right way, like with almost confidence. Yeah, yeah. I the think, confidence I of think a mediocre just, white man. Oh, yeah. Just walk in there with the confidence of a mediocre white man. That's going to get us a great review, Andrew. Someone's going to say great things about that. I think I think if like, do you guys watch Saturday Night Live? Oh, yeah. Occasionally. If like Bill Hader was playing a nerdy dad telling these jokes, I think that it would go off really well. Oh, Bill Hader can do Only anything. Only if he's wearing New Balances. Who's your favorite Bill Hader character? Mine, uh, Vincent Price. I like Stefan. <gasps> Stefan's, Stefan's great. Hated, yeah. Vincent Price is so good. Have you guys watched Barry? We're digressing. It's great. He's great. Watch it. Um, I derail this. <clears throat> no, no, we derailed together. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, reviews, uh, if you would like to support the podcast in a way that is not financial um you could hop onto itunes and you can leave us a review uh andrew you mind if i read a couple of reviews yeah that would be great i actually haven't read the reviews this week because i've been saving them for the podcast oh i i've been i've been holding out i want i want this to be like a a surprise for me okay so you want me to just read both of them both of the new ones this this is this is candid review reactions Yes. For the Get Offset podcast. This one's from Allred Guitars. Oh, I need to send him some things. Okay, yes. Um, it says, it's called Guitars and Cats. Five stars. Great stuff. <gasps> Interesting take on guitar gear in the community that supports it. Plus cats! <laughs> with three exclamation points. A plus review. Thank you. Thank you for that. I give that I give that a solid ten out of ten for yes, a review. Yeah, I give it that. Yeah. That pretty well encapsulates everything that we're about. You, I think if you read that review and then you listen to this podcast, and you find yourself surprised that it wasn't quite what you expected, can you be surprised? I, I don't because how, I don't know how else to help you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, this one is by Livid Kitten. Uh, it's five stars. So, you know, it's oh. not, I, I was worried by the name too. I thought it might've been a negative one. You know, the next one, you, the next review you should read, but then have me guess what star, how many stars. Oh gosh. Well, we'll have to do that next week. Okay. We'll do that next week. Right. This will be fun. This podcast is about guitars, effects, pedals, luthiers, and cats, but it is actually much more than that. The conversations get beyond the nuts and bolts of the guitars, the little little colored boxes on boards, and really get into the layers of being a musician at any level. I love that the conversations are honest and engaging. The topic conversations feel like you're hanging out with friends, and I have legitimately made people turn their heads as I react to things like I'm crazy talking to myself. A million and- That's actually how I feel when I listen to the gear slum, but uh, I digress. Uh, Emily and Andrew have good conversation chemistry and respect each other and their guests. I look forward to each one and love their Facebook community. Also, Def worth a listen and your time. Oh, that makes my heart so glad. Was that you, Tiffany? No, I haven't left the review yet. (laughs) I have to say that kitten sounds like the opposite of livid. Sounds like a really content kitten. That sounds like a really fulfilled oh, kitten. Very fulfilled. And I, I'm very proud to have been a part of that. <laughs> oh, me too. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes, those are the two new reviews. Please leave a review. Um Yes. We do have neg- yeah, we do review. we do have negative reviews on there, but I'd prefer a positive one. Uh I mean obviously we that's what we prefer, but be honest. Yeah. Tell us what we can do. I will say we prefer to get our hate mail in private. Well, yeah. I mean, on one hand, yes. You deliver as as you deliver praise publicly, and you have those harder conversations privately. You know, at the same time, if someone sends us hate mail privately, I'm has I don't really feel comfortable sharing that out publicly. Well, yeah, but you but with a public negative review, then we can discuss it publicly. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I don't want to. I have I have I'm I'm very sensitive. It's part of being an INFJ. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Uh, yes. I'm a. 
ENFP, so more of the honey badger don't care variety. <laughs> a honey badger don't give a meow. Um, yeah, so those are the reviews. Um, we also have a sponsorship page on our site. Uh, if you're interested in being a sponsor of the podcast, uh, it gives a rundown of all the things you might want to know. But if you have questions, just hit us up on the website. Also, we have an online you know, store. You know you want to do yes. it. Go ahead. Sponsor us. I believe in you. Who's your dream? Okay, Earthquaker is obviously your dream sponsor, right, Andrew? That would definitely be up there. So uh, if any of the folks at Earthquaker uh, are listening to this, like uh, Lisa, if you're listening to this, please convince Jamie. Julie. And Julie. Yes. Julie is the boss. We know that. We all yeah, know that. Yeah, she yes. is. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, Jamie. But yeah, no, seriously, any, anybody who wants to sponsor us, we would be more than appreciative. Uh, that helps keep us afloat, yes. keeps us going. And yes. yeah. I'm a fan. Yes. Also. So do it. Click the link. Yes. Also, buy a shirt. We're going to do some new hats soon. Yeah, hats. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, friends, shall we talk about stuff and things? There you go. Sorry, that was my best WWE voice followed up with a John Cena. All right. So, Andrew, do you want to kick off the topic in all your hypocritical glory? Uh, yes. Hmm. With my judgmental judgment. Alcohol. How's that for a kickoff? Just, <laughs> That's just a, reminds me of Star Trek Space, except alcohol. <laughs> So venturing to states of mind uncharted. <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. Newbie. Yeah, actually, I think probably I've been. I mean, I've only. I didn't start drinking until I was twenty-five. Don't you know only the good musicians drink a lot? Ah, <laughs> that. that mm. You're young, <laughs> Andrew. You don't know people who have died yet. That's false, but oh, anyways. that's that's sadder. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so um, there's cat out of the bag. Tiffany, this is something you talk about uh quite a bit. Um, and one of the reasons we wanted to have you on to talk about this specific topic was uh, in all seriousness, alcohol and how it has just permeates through music. Um, it, being a musician, being a promoter. Um, working in the music instrument industry because it's just such a big part of, you know, human society, really. Um, but it seems like music more so than other professions is one where there's an enormous problem. Yeah, I mean, um, what other professions do you get paid in alcohol? to play a show or if I showed up to do a marketing audit for a company, they're not going to pay me in alcohol, no. but musicians, musicians play shows and get paid in alcohol yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, like a little bit of background. I don't drink. I haven't drank in almost two years. Uh, I've also been playing music and going to shows. My, my going out, social life is fairly uninterrupted from what, when I used to drink versus now, uh, the difference is I don't have, I don't have hangovers and oh my gosh, that's amazing. I get hangovers from, I get introvert hangovers. I had a hangover yesterday because I went to a show the night before and I talked to a lot of people and I woke up with a headache from that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, even, I mean, I, I think like, it's just, ex I mean, I don't know if it's expected that everybody who, if you're a musician, you're, you drink. And if you're a musician, your, your reputation that precedes you is going to be, you're a wild, uh, drunk person and you also play music. And I, I, I guess like, you know, part of that is yes, it like, it's unfair, but at the same time, it is also upheld mm -hmm. several times over. Um, 
And maybe, maybe that's because there's, there's pressure and there's expectations or people are drinking because they're nervous about playing music or nervous about being social or bored. Or, it's you know, sta- that yeah. I mean, I think stage fright's a big thing. Um, when I think about other professions where there's a lot of, you know, known alcoholism and people in my life who have um, died um, or are dying, uh, it's a lot of it does come down to working in a place where alcohol is served and it's just around you all the time and stressful stressful work too Mm -hmm. uh work where you're worrying about money a lot um yeah but like for i don't really want to say for better um i i let's i want to talk about your your point about um it being like expected though because that really does seem to be such a thing Mm -hmm. um yeah so one of and this is like expected from every part of the music industry um the the people I guess I hear it from the most are like people who are not musicians when I when they know that I'm a musician but then they find out I don't drink they're like oh my gosh how do you even like play shows and I'm like well, I just play the show. Yeah, yeah, that's not really have any impact <laughs> um, on how you play the show. I mean, a lot of musicians yeah. who aren't like uh, s- just completely sober, a lot of them don't drink on tour because they're working. Right, right, right. And and also like it's actually been a practice to get to the point where I can't I can play a show and not need a drink. It's like I have to. F- like work with that part of my brain. And that's, that also goes for going out and being social. Um, I get like, people are like, how do you go out and be social without having a drink in your hand? And I'm like, well, if they're serving Topo Chico, mm. I will have a Topo Chico in my hand. Mm. But um, <laughs> I was at, um, I was at the John Vanderslice show the other night. Oh, they and have I ran there, up yeah. a, Yes, they have it at Tractor Tavern. I ran, I ran up a bar tab of three Topo Chicos and I was like, is this okay? <laughs> But like, of course it's okay. But I was like, is is it? Because it's three pepper chicos on a bar tab and no alcohol. But that's, right, that's right. like that goes back to like that's a social stigma. Like I'm I'm expected to run a tab up with three glasses of wine, but I feel weird about running a tab of three topo chicos up. You know, um, <laughs> it does just feel oh, weird yeah, to I, buy I, that much like mineral water. <laughs> I know, I know. It's but, so but the, good, like though. the other thing is. It is, and it's fizzy, and you can put a lime in it, and it's so mm. good. There's, there's more. There's a in Austin. There's a bar called Sands Bar, and it's a totally um, dry bar. No alcohol is served, but they serve things like Topo Chico dry soda. Um, they serve some of those fancy elixir. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's like sober or AF mixologist, and the AF stands for alcohol free mixologist. Oh. So there's people <laughs> who are specializing in not like. They're an AF mixologist. Of course, I think as meow um, mixologist. But anyways, um, so there's like, there's more. And I think this is also just, I'm in my 30s. Um, I, Andrew, I don't know how old He's you are. How old are you? A baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm a child. Okay. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm a <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm to answer your question. I'm 24. Okay, yeah, you He's are a baby. baby. Um, I was still, I was still so straight edge when I was your age, Andrew. Oh, I was, I had a DWI at your age. Oh, you look. oh. <laughs> so that's like <laughs> ten years ago. Um, yeah, uh, but I'm finding more and more as I'm in my 30s, my friends, uh, more and more of my friends are starting to drink mm-hmm. less. And um, there's a sober movement happening, which I think is great because people are questioning, like, why am I drinking? Yeah, especially women. Like, why? Exa- exactly. And there is an un- an unequal targeting of women by big alcohol, by the big alcohol industry. Yeah. You go to Target, you see it in Target, like mom's tired moms and like on their t-shirt it's like oh mommy gets like I saw one the other day it was like mommy gets by on coffee and wine like what is going on with that that so unhealthy it's very like I understand like maybe that is their marketing demographic is people who will buy that shirt but that's I think that's a low blow and 
that's it's gross. Well, in it's my like oh, so I didn't drink in in college. So like when people say, well, how do you how do you talk to people or how do you play shows if with if you're not drinking? I'm like, well, I just that's how I grew up not doing those things, and I think that was a big part yeah. of the reason why I didn't want to drink when I was younger is because um, I knew that I wasn't fully formed and I didn't, I, I just didn't feel like it. It just seemed like a bad idea. It seemed like a bad idea for me to do it at that time. And uh, you know, I drink now, not a lot, but I do. And um, I think that just waiting to do that made it a little bit easier, but yeah, like Rick, cut back drinking and he was he didn't drink a lot either but when he turned 30 he's like i just don't really want to do that anymore it's just not he's just like yeah, he just doesn't think yeah. it's healthy he doesn't feel good later i mean i've never been hung over but yeah no i was i was like full i was full swing but that's but i think for me and i don't like i don't identify as an alcoholic i don't do aa i just personally know that my personality doesn't mix well with yeah. alcohol because when I'm, when I do something, I go all in. I mean, that's how, yeah, exactly. And that addictive personality yeah, almost. Totally. So it's like, I'm not, I just know that alcohol is a terrible way to go all in on something because I go all in. <laughs> um, shots, 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 shots. Oh it's ridiculous. Two little Jonna references in one episode. <laughs> wow. What's happening? Yeah. That's a little John reference. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I thought that was just like a joke. I thought that was like an SNL thing. I didn't know that was like a real thing. Where were you in 2009? <laughs> uh, not drinking. I was drinking in 2009. <laughs> I was 22. I could have been. Wait, 2009? No, I'm shoo. I was 20. <laughs> wow. He would not be drinking. <laughs> I just, I just picked my husband's age for me to be that year for some reason. <laughs> No, it's it's a it's that uh, little John song though, where it's like all about shot, shot, shots. Everybody on the floor, if you're drunk, whatever, yada yada. I don't remember the lyrics because it yeah. was cool was a long time ago. All the all the bro DJs know have it on their playlist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what about getting paid in alcohol? Because that is a truly bonkers thing that has happened to me, not just from playing shows, but from working events. Mm-hmm. Um. So I it's tough because I, they're like, yeah, you get an open bar tab. And I'm like, well, I don't drink. And some like places open bar tab. Yeah. Or, or like, like not a necessarily an open, some places do an open uh, bar like tab. Like a couple of drinks. Yeah. That's insane. Drink tickets. Really, so that, drink tickets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I get drink tickets all the time. Yeah. Drink tickets. Um, I've had places where they're like, we have a six pack of beer for each person in the band. Um, each person yeah i've actually i've done that i've had that i didn't use it (laughs) yeah um i used to play in this band called boat drinks um in denver and uh yeah like so oh no i guess i was drinking when i was playing in that band so never mind um so you were into it yeah i was fine i was like whatever sure do you drink Uh, a boatload No, because I was playing and I knew I can't play when I, when I drink. I, I, I do know yeah. that about myself. I would wait until we were through our first song and then I would start sipping my drink. That's smart. So, yeah, that's just, I just wait till I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I One time I was really, oh my gosh, I was playing bass in a cumbia punk band and I don't really remember much of the show, but I did wake up the next morning and I had played bass too hard. Um, and I cut my finger like the cuticle all the way down about a half inch down to my like Jeez. middle. Oh, and there was that's hard. Still blood on my little sparkly Dan Electro bass. <laughs> it's rock and roll, man. Um, it was a fun band though. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. But like so, I prefer, I prefer getting paid 10 extra bucks. I would, honestly. Take, I would honestly, I have, I would absolutely take the $10 over, you know, they're going to, what are, what are they doing? They're like, what does that cost? What does the six pack cost a bar? I mean, they're just basically running that on their spill tab or comp tab or yeah. whatever. It's, well, it's, I mean, nothing. in Seattle, at least most bars for like a domestic bottle are charging what, like four or five bucks. 
four bucks is a cheap bar. Wow. Yeah. So I know I I don't drink domestic beer usually, and so going out when I go out with like friends, it's like one or two beers, and and tip will run me close to twenty bucks. So I don't do that frequently. Yeah, yeah. Like a fancy cocktail is twelve bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like I have I have an app that tells me how much money I've saved compared to how many days I haven't drank, and I just have it tell like spending fifteen dollars a day on alcohol. And I've just passed like nine grand in holy crap. And that's just so technically that's having like one mock like one cocktail or two beers a day. That's it. And and like I I don't I think people are spending a whole lot more on alcohol if they're going out like three or four times a week. But Right. Yeah. 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 It's hard to see what uh, ultimately the effects on, on musicians especially can be when when you're in this kind of world and you're used to you know you have free a couple of free drinks at the bar people might be bringing you drinks on stage there might be alcohol backstage if you're in a bigger performing band and just seeing i mean i, I don't want to mince words here is that like it it kills people when we pay our musicians in alcohol instead of money mm-hmm. or you have a lot of alcohol backstage. Nico case just tweeted this whole thread about how she realized that nobody was drinking the alcohol backstage that was on her writer. And thus she was technically paying for. So she said, screw it. Just raised everybody's per diems. Like she's like, so they can squirrel it away if they want to, they can, you know, go get a meal somewhere else if they want to mm-hmm. because some of them were like had special dietary restrictions and that just seems like I'll just pay people a little bit more. I mean, right. Right. It's like going to waste. Like I've uh, cleaned up some green rooms after shows and I see how much of writers people leave behind, like half drunk bottle of whiskey, uh, barely touched bottle of vodka, tons of beer. Mm-hmm. It, it it just goes unused so just stop paying for it yeah like that's that's one way to look at it and the other way to look at it is like like drinking i know every once in a while a study comes out that says a couple of glasses of red wine is good for you it might be it's but it's just just not good for you well and a lot of people will take the red wine two glasses study and apply that, but they're, they're drinking a whole bottle of wine or, yeah, you know, and it's just like, well, <clears throat> okay. But um, I, when I had a DWI, I had to take a like alcohol education class and mm-hmm. a biology, I think it was a biologist came in w- during one of the sessions and told us that alcohol is one of, the only or one of a few quote drugs that uh, poisons and and talk like toxifies every organ in the body. Whereas like, you know, like um, other drugs may maybe hit your heart really hard or hit your uh, liver extra hard, but the, but alcohol hits every part because it hits um, your, like your neurosystem. It hits your, like it hits every part of it. That's it's a depressant. So it affects your mental mm-hmm. health. It, yeah obviously everybody knows it kills your liver. Um, you know, like when you wake up hungover, you're maybe you're like, you're, you can't think straight. Um, you have, you know, you, maybe you have diarrhea. Um, you're dehydrated, hydrated, you know, if, yeah, like it's, it affects bad. It's hard on your stomach. You puke. Yeah. 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 No, no, I'm definitely not a fan of drinking to excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just happens. It can happen so gradually, and then you're in a point where it's hard to, to get out. I mean, I think Seattle in the past couple years has lost, or the Pacific Northwest at least, has lost some some really great minds and hearts and souls to uh, basically organ failure from from drinking. And one of my favorite songwriters of all time is Jason Molina from Magnolia Electric Company and Songs Ohio. And he just disappeared for years and then he died and it came out that he just, he drank himself to death. Mm-hmm. Just no way around it. And I'm, you know, going through some things with, you know, 
a family member who is in that boat right now and or you know somebody with connect close connection to me uh and it's just been really hard uh to think about and um i i listen like i drink andrew you drink i i am drinking to be clear actively yeah um like no i don't want to harbor judgment toward anybody who who does drink because that would be hypocritical of of Mm -hmm. at least a couple of us (laughs) who are talking right now but um right right and i've definitely happily grabbed a bottle of whiskey that was handed to me after working an event it's just a practice i think we need to pay more care to mm-hmm. right i think it. i definitely think it's worth questioning just as a practice as in a as a culture uh, i think folks have questioned that i think for me personally before i get into experiences i've had with folks in the music industry uh, who feel otherwise is uh it if that's what you want to do personally if you if i mean if this is america this is a free country you can do whatever you it's want it's your I'm body yeah right I, and i'm saying that as i'm having a nice scotch ale because that's what i enjoy mm-hmm. so on um but yeah it's when it becomes it's a peer pressure thing when it's a cultural thing when it's clearly a cultural thing that's resulting in some of these these issues sure in the initial moment the artist is choosing to say sure i'll take the beer but we all know that there's that element of peer pressure there especially for dudes uh to a degree i think in my experience and it's getting so years. much worse for women to keep up with the boys well and i i don't know what it's like to be a woman in the industry yeah. but i know what it's like to be a guy and yeah. be like hey I, uh, can i get you a beer let's, go, let's have a beer yeah why don't you want you're just gonna order a water oh that's lame. Yeah. Come on, I thought you're. I thought you're a real man, especially especially with like beer and whiskey. Like that's the manly drink. To, um, yeah. Which that's also my other pet peeve is like. Personally, I'm, I'm a beer, whiskey, and red wine guy. Personally, that's just because I like it. But if someone wants an apple teeny, for crying out loud, like we can razz them just a little bit, but don't actually like shame them into feeling like, like they can't. If that's mm. what you enjoy drinking, like by all means, I'm a huge mm. fan of people doing that. Mm. But my thing is, it, it, it's a. Sure, it's their initial choice to say, sure, I'll have a fine. I guess I'll have a beer. But it's that peer pressure. It's that it's always around. It's always available. It's communal. And it's it's networking. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're, if you're not having a beer, you're not one of the cool kids, then you lose that networking opportunities. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, when I was a huge part of the music. When career. I was doing a lot of networking, I would, and before I drank, I and sometimes now still, I'll go up to the bar and I'll specifically ask for like, uh, a diet coke with a slice of lime and a little straw but not i just and i'd be like i just want to make it look like i'm drinking because because yeah. it's it's especially like in nashville it was really bad everyone drank whiskey and stuff and um it's like people just seem to trust you a little bit less right you're like oh they're not drinking i wonder if they're judging me I wonder right if they're judging me i wonder if they yeah. have other problems which I'm sure people who are drinking more, I'm sure being a little more judgmental because they're letting things loose. Mm-hmm. But you know, what you what you say, there, thought- Stephanie? Oh, I was just gonna say like that is that is a thing. Uh, I have I know I have made people nervous because I don't drink, mm-hmm. and they're like they're like why you know I'm just having a few, and I'm like I I really that's fine. I'm not judging you. I promise. I don't care. I just know like good like um in Amy Poehler's book, uh, yes please, she says good for you, not for me. Like, that's just how my, that's my attitude towards it is I'm like, <laughs> good for you, not for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but like, um, oh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, yeah. Um, oh, so the judging thing and then I'm pausing and I, I'm losing my train of thought right now. That's all right. Take your time. I'm not trusting. Um, not trusting. Oh, judging. So, so there's the, there's the part where people think I'm judging them, but then they, I like, like 50 out of 50 or sorry, 50%, 50, 50. When I, when someone, when I'm like, Oh no, I don't, I don't drink. They're like, Oh, are you like an alcoholic? Oh, are you an AA? And I'm like, no, not all sober people are alcoholics. Mm -hmm. So there's like that whole other side in sober culture is like, is like, oh, are you doing the 12 steps? No, I'm not doing the 12 steps. You know, like that, and that's okay. And 
there's this really good um, publication called The Temper. Have you read anything? No, but I, I've read a lot of things. I mean, that basically AA is not for everybody. No, AA is, yeah, it's not for everybody. Um, the Temper is one of my favorite. It's a sober culture, like online magazine, but they actually talk about so many so much more like so many other things like how sobriety helped me discover my gender identity and how how like um big alcohol targets you know black women disproportionately um they're very intersectional with their editorial content it is so good um yeah so it i i highly recommend like looking up the temper yeah Um, it's it's a it's astounding how uh to read about how um, advertising alcohol is just increased toward women so much. I think it was always yeah. this untapped market for things, especially like beer that always so aggressively advertised to men. I worked uh, for a beer festival. I had a beer festival as a client. And when I came on, I was like, well, let me look at your Facebook ads. And I saw they weren't advertising to women at all. They literally had turned off that part of their advertising. And then once I opened it up, to also women, yeah. they saw their scale, their sales increased a, a lot yeah. in, among yeah. women. Um, so I think a lot of brands probably realized that. And now there's more and more women with alcohol abuse issues or who yeah. are just like over drinking or maybe not able to have a healthy relationship with it or however like you perceive your relationship with alcohol, if it becomes problematic um it, yeah and it's been causing that a lot and then i i know so many women it's just like keeping up with the boys is a thing um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feeling like you have to have a glass of wine or a few or half a bottle and then like you were saying like the clothes thing or the accessories thing like a big tumbler that just says like mommy's juice on it and it's a wine glass yeah yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind like of like the, the bracelet flask. Like, mm-hmm. what are what are you trying to perpetuate here? I mean, all twenty four seven access to alcohol. It's not know. enough to put your flask in a purse like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to one on one hand, I don't have a problem with like the idea of like something saying like mommy juice or whatever, because uh, that's like I've. I've said like, oh, this is my daddy juice, but my beer, like, I don't know. I, I kind of get that if that's something that someone's, if they, someone drinks and they see it and they like it, I think that's fine. I think it's when it's specifically, I don't know. I, I'm okay with there being a hustle and I'm okay with the alcohol industry doing its thing yeah. as far as advertising. I but think you see it's like, specifically around the, the culture around it, though, is where it's, I start to question. Well, things. alcohol can <laughs> still advertise in ways that cigarettes can't. I mean, yeah, you can't do either towards children, but I mean- you can't advertise tobacco on television, but you can advertise alcohol. Right. Well, there's there's a lot of limitations on there. I, I'm not certainly qualified to speak to what the level of those limitations are and whether or not it's adequate. Uh, so, but what I do know is like specifically within the context of the music industry, I, I do think that there's a problem with the way alcohol is used as currency and yeah. the expectations around alcohol. Mm-hmm. The thing, especially with the expectations as with alcohol as a culture, like I, I'm a huge fan of people like you do your own thing. As long as you're not being like drunk and stupid and harming other people. I mean, this is a very philosophically libertarian kind of, of, of a position, but if, if you're not bothering other people, you're drinking responsibly, or if you're not drinking, that's fine. We can let each other do our own things, but we don't need to say, oh, well, then you're not getting paid tonight. Yeah. Or like, oh, I wasn't expecting you. I guess uh, I'll, I'll figure out how to get you 20 bucks next week. Um, something like yeah. that. And then there's the flip side of the spectrum, which is uh, some of the more intense straight edge folks I've encountered. I was at a I was at a show at House of Blues in Anaheim just attending. And I watched a, a couple of straight edge guys like slap a Bud Light out of someone's hand and like slam the dude on the floor. I'm like, geez, like I get it. Like Bud Light. Drinking that probably should be a crime, but it's not. Yeah. The flip side is in in high school, the straight edge kids were the ones who got beat up. 
Like it had that that I works. Mean, not my high school. That works both. Oh, my high school totally. It works both ways. Like no, it absolutely works both ways. And I, 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 my point is, we can all agree that we're allowed to do our own thing, and we don't have to be violent about it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy thing to agree <laughs> on. And like for venues, if you are giving you know a couple of drink tickets, just say, just maybe ask musicians, hey, do you want drink tickets or do you want ten bucks? Yeah. I mean, I think that they'd be surprised. I think that's like a great gesture. And I'm sure 90% would be like, yeah, just give me the two drinks. Yeah. Yeah. But for the people that secret are like, I don't know what to do with these drink tickets. Do I give them away or do I just like pretend like I'm cool? Well, I don't or... drink before or during my sets when I, when I perform. Yeah. That's something I've never understood. Like I kind of get it, but I, I don't at the same time. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've yeah, heard... I mean, I've been playing, I've been playing for 21 years and I've only been drinking for four of those. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had alcohol before during a performance, mm-hmm. um, partially because I frequently, a lot of my performances have been at church unless you count comedian wine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it is a little frowned upon to crack an IPA at 8 a.m. on so, a Sunday. Oh, yeah. That's, but... even, that's even early for a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the point still stands is I don't get it. Like, I, I someone I used to work with was telling me the story. They were, uh, I think the band was Yellow Card. And they were telling me about how Yellow Card was playing Warp Tour back in the day. And the, that they had to help carry the drummer on stage because he was so... He was like passed out drunk. They like splashed water him. He woke up and then he played the show perfectly and then passed out after the show, like still drunk. And obviously there's got to be some level of hyperbole to the way the story was told. But the flip side is I kind of believe there's a lot of truth to that story. And that just, how do you, how do you, I I don't get it. I mean, that's, that's a different, there are some some stellar, like jazz musicians from back in the day. Like I, I want to say Art Blakey, but like we're just functioning heroin addicts. Like I know either you got any more of those jazz cigarettes. I'm going to ignore that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have family members who are functioning alcoholics and they can, and just like I had very functioning anxiety. Like, yeah, I, I think maybe people don't realize that there's a problem because you're doing all the things and you're still able to do these things in your life. But I think anxiety is a pretty good, uh, it's, it's kind of equal with that. Like, you know, just because like I'm, I'm maintaining my job and my house isn't complete filth and I'm eating, it doesn't mean that I'm not in excruciating amounts of pain and that my brain isn't mm-hmm. just like a, a, a hurricane of just all the dumb things I've ever said and all the things I have to do and the stress about the future. It, it doesn't mean that. And just because you're, you know, smiling on stage and are have are maybe partying backstage and drinking a lot. Well, maybe those maybe doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily mean you're okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean the people around you are okay. Because people right, right. use that like depression's a big thing in among musicians. Let's not kid ourselves. A lot of people self-medicate. Uh, so that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about stage fright. That's well, a big thing in performing. Mental health is getting the whole a whole realm here. That's yeah, but that's a big that that's a topic. big part of alcoholism because doing things like taking right, antidepressants right. still kind of frowned upon. Going to the doctor to get the antidepressants is something that's really hard. And I do want to talk about this, even if it makes us go a little bit longer, because I definitely think it's important. Um, like it's just it's hard and it's expensive, and musicians don't always get the help they need. Um, going to mm-hmm. post some helpful things in the show notes for this about um, alcoholism, about mental health, about if you're a musician and you don't have health insurance, there are options for you. Um, I'm going to find some, and I'm going to post them for you. Um, like I use, I use open path collective nice. for my therapy and I, I don't have insurance. Um, and it's 30 to $50 a session because there's, therapists around the around the country that have specifically said hey we want to give people who don't have insurance access to therapy and it is amazing yeah yeah i think seattle's thing called smash i think and then yeah. there's music no, cares I'm, I'm trying to find a smash. yeah oh yeah yeah do it 
They're about to get dental. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that's great. Something I think it's really important to keep in mind as well as, as we talk about that is alcoholism itself is classified as a disease in the DSM-5. Yes, it is. So. And it is. Yes. So it's, it is indeed. you know, so yeah, if, if that's not your, it's not just lifestyle no. choice and I don't want to trivial, trivialize it. And uh, yeah. So anyone who's struggling with that, by all means, yeah. like we want you to get help. In. I, and like, and like Tiffany said, if you, you don't have to be an alcoholic to be sober. Like if you just mm-hmm. don't enjoy it, you know, you don't have to keep doing it. People, especially as yeah. we get older, I've, I've learned that people are less likely to be like weird. They're just, weird about it there's people more like be like oh all right yeah no i i've got a coworker that doesn't drink and we probably go out there's a pub near work we go to probably once a quarter i'll hang out and he comes along and no yeah. big deal and you look at people like rick like never had a problem with it i mean i've known him since he was 22 yeah. or 23 and uh definitely never had any problematic behavior with it and just was like ah i just don't i don't feel like it and i get it because for a long time, I just eh, didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And that's totally 1,000% okay. And if you want to drink responsibly, keyword responsibly. If you want to drink, please <laughs> drink responsibly. Yes. By all means. Yes. Yes. Dilly dilly. Uh, no, 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 no. no I'm going to, I really want to believe that. <laughs> I won't. It's more work for me. <laughs> Cool. So, Tiffany, do you have anything else you want to add to the conversation? Do you feel like we've we've covered it? Um. Well, I could talk about this for hours. There's so much to go into, but yeah, I think this is great. This is a good coverage of it. A good a good first delve into a topic. We're still a pretty new podcast, so there are things we will certainly expand upon. And a good coverage of the beverage. Yes. A good nightcap of ah, (laughs) that was good. That was good. I was unexpected. The best booze joke of the evening comes from the sober person. (laughs) Consider me shaken, not stirred. Mm. Is it my turn? Because I just, I, I can't. I'm so tired. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to be cool. I don't have to tell a joke about drinking to be cool. Yeah, we uh, we we pay ghost uh, or uh, guest and uh, joke tickets. <laughs> I think I've used all mine, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, but don't worry, we, we've got more for you. I think Emily will share hers since she doesn't joke. You'll come over sometime, and I'll make you some mocktails with that. Those I bought these non-alcoholic mm. distilled spirits. I, I want to try those because I want to have a bar cart in my apartment, but it's mocktails. So it's like yes. when people come in, I'm like, can I make you a drink? There's no alcohol, mm-hmm. but it's going to taste amazing anyways. Yeah. <laughs> they taste I interesting. Just like th- I just like things that taste good. Mm-hmm. That like- depth of flavor is really, mm-hmm. I-, I learned what I'm kind of going after about half the time I pour a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also another good indicator of a good bartender is if you're if I go to a bar and I'm like, hey, I don't drink alcohol. Can you make me something? Then if they're like or if, if I'm like, can you make me a mocktail? If they're like, what's a mocktail? Then I'm like, never mind. Give me a ginger beer. Uh, but, yep. but if I'm like, can you make me a mocktail? They're like, yes. Do you like grapefruit juice? Do you like? And I'm like, yes, just I trust you. And I've had some really good mocktails just by asking Hey, I'm going to trust you. Make me a mocktail. And I'm starting to see more and more mocktail menus um, at bars. And that's, uh, that's like refreshing. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's quite literally refreshing. I'm of the philosophy that uh, I don't care too much about the alcohol content as long as I'm aware of how much it is so I can keep track of it. But if it tastes good, it tastes good. I'm just, if they here's my thing, if they could make beer, non-alcoholic beer taste as good as alcoholic beer, mm. I'd probably drink that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, I lived overseas, and there's um, I lived in Germany for a while. They had a non-alcoholic beer that they had in the store that was actually pretty convincingly good. What was it called? So, uh, 
I think the the brewery was um, Vihenstefana. Okay, I um. It was their non-alcoholic Dunkel. I think. Weizen. Yeah, I was just over in Germany and. My boyfriend tried to get me to, I think that was the beer. I'll have to ask him. He tried to get me to drink it. And I'm like, what's the point of drinking non-alcoholic beer? Because it tastes good. And I like cops. I was just expecting to like O'Doul's. And I was like not willing to try it. But I was in Germany. I should have tried it. (laughs) If anyone has good non-alcoholic beer, it's probably the Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Germans just have great beer all around. Mad props. That was the joke. That That was why I said what I said. Mm-hmm. And I was just following that up because mad respect. So. They're doing something. You they're doing something right. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, that joke almost went awry. You can't use the same pun twice. That's where I thought she was going with it, Andrew. <laughs> Yeastus. Oh. <laughs> Get it? Because yeah. yeast is another Carrie, ingredient in beer. Carrie, come back. All right. Well, Sorry. I believe we have discussed stuff and things. Stuff Shall and we things. call it a night? I think we should call it a night. Well, uh, Tiffany, anything else you want to promote about yourself? Um, this is your chance. You can follow my music at, uh, right now I just post on Instagram.com slash house keys band. My music project is called house keys. I don't know what it's turning into but i play a lot of ambient spacey synthy weird stuff uh and it's also really sad i like that do it it's like my ep but a little more ambient i think yeah yeah i'm uh i try to build it with chords that are uh very that invoke sadness or melancholy so Mm -hmm. if you like grouper or juliana barwick or cedar rose that's those are my top three influences so yeah Mm-hmm. and emily and i are gonna jam soon yeah we, we like, are we do it we need to go to cafe racer and like yes disrupt that improv scene with some ambient improv <laughs> just really sad shit <laughs> <laughs> just nine minutes in oh. hey uh you're four minutes over your no, no. no no it's not over no, yet no. i'm not done <laughs> sit down this reverb still has another two and a half minutes of decay <laughs> Oh, you know William this. You know, just because you try to stop me, I disengaged a reverb. Another mm-hmm. reverb. That's eight reverbs on the top of each other. The trails on this one are the longest of all of them, and they're all feeding into this one. Anyways, while they're decaying, you mind getting me yeah. a drink? <laughs> a mocktail. A mocktail, if you will. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to say goodbye to everyone out there. Thanks for listening and thanks for understanding. Bye. Bye.